Welcome to session two of the Prayer of Commitment. Last time we experienced the first part of the prayer, which is about how God restores us to a right relationship with himself. Now, as I recite the prayer out loud, try to recite part one to yourself, then follow by reading parts two and three silently. While doing so, use your imagination to see what you say. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. I come to you in repentance and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and I join you in death to sin. I believe you rose from the grave for me and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. I take you, Jesus, as Savior and Lord to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others and holding only to you throughout eternity. I give you my life and I receive your spirit. In this session, we will focus on part two of the prayer, which is about what it costs God to make us right with him. But before doing so, let's first focus on the Lord by giving him our undivided attention in a quiet space. Last time, I suggested meeting with God while sitting in a comfortable chair. Another suggestion is the passenger seat of your car in a lovely park-like setting. What's nice about a car is that it allows you to select a variety of quiet places to experience God's presence. Whatever place you might prefer, make sure that it's free of distractions, especially your cell phone. Start by closing your eyes and focusing on your breathing. Inhale deeply. Hold it for a moment, then exhale. Keep doing so again and again. Now imagine yourself walking down a sidewalk with houses across the street on your left and a fence on your right, which is close enough to touch. Coming to a gate in the fence, you stop and notice that it's unlatched. Curious to see what's on the other side, you push the gate open and then just stand there amazed by the beauty of a vast field full of wildflowers as far as you can see. In the center of this breathtaking view is one tree with a huge canopy of green leaves. A narrow trail leads right to it so you continue on, walking slowly with your arms outstretched to touch the wildflowers, which are waist high. The massive tree seems to welcome you under its shelter from the hot sun. You sit down and lean back comfortably against its smooth trunk, looking out at that endless field of wildflowers. You're captivated by the array of brilliant colors before you and breathe in deeply their fragrance to savor this moment. You're alone, but don't feel alone at all. It's because you sense the Lord 
beside you. Now open your eyes and respond to the following questions. What was most meaningful about the imaginary journey you just experienced? Share an imaginary journey of your own from last week. How was it meaningful? What specific place is becoming a favorite for you to meet with God one-on-one? -on -one? As we continue on, let's keep in mind the purpose of the discipleship process, which is to experience spiritual intimacy with God and each other, remembering that this kind of intimacy is about the Lord revealing himself to us personally. In effect, God is saying, Come in to me and see who I am and what I desire to do in and through your life. Now, with the Lord right beside us, let's open our hearts completely to him as we turn our attention to part two of the prayer, with you listening as I recite it out loud. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, and I join you in death to sin. I believe you rose from the grave for me, and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. Now, close your eyes and listen carefully as I recite part two again. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, and I join you in death to sin. I believe you rose from the grave for me, and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. With your eyes still closed, let's focus just on the first sentence with you listening to me recite it and using your imagination to see what I say. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, and I join you in death to sin. Open your eyes. What did you see? What did you experience? For me, I'm looking directly into the eyes of Jesus and acknowledging that he did, in fact, die for my sins on the cross. But faith like that cannot just come from my head, it must also come from my heart. Jesus, if I truly believe with all my heart that you died for my sins, then I must die to my sins, allowing you and you only to be Lord of my life. So help me yield fully to you, that you may work in and through me for your glory. Let's continue. Close your eyes again and listen carefully as I recite part two one more time. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and I join you in death to sin. I believe you rose from the grave for me and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. With your eyes still closed, Let's focus on the second sentence with you listening to me recite it and using your imagination to see what I say.
I believe you rose from the grave for me, and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. Open your eyes. What did you see? What did you experience? For me, I saw Jesus rising from the dead to pay the price of my sin, proving he is God. I'm deeply humbled by this act of love and feel so unworthy, but I also feel immensely grateful because my resurrection from death to everlasting life is assured through his resurrection. You, Lord Jesus, are the eternal one, and only through you is eternal life possible. Thank you for this amazing gift of grace, which I do not deserve and cannot earn. All you require is faith, which is also a gift. I'm so grateful. As we reflect on this experience, let's remember to say it by reciting the text, see it by visualizing the text, and then share it, as we will do now. With part two of the prayer in view, what did God reveal about himself and you? With part two of the prayer in view, how will you respond to what God revealed? With whom will you share this week about your experience with the Lord so far? As I mentioned in session one, pray reading is a conversation with God while prayerfully reading and reflecting on his word. This experience is meaningful when interacting with God in the prayer of commitment, but much more so when pray reading the scriptures. For part two of the prayer, the corresponding passage is Romans chapter six, verses three through six. So let's turn our attention to those verses by first considering the context. In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul opens with this rhetorical question. Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? He answers by saying, may it never be. The reason why is because those who die to sin can no longer live in sin. Paul then illustrates this point for our benefit. Open your Bible with me to Romans 6, 3 through 6, and listen as I read from the English Standard Version. Paul writes, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Follow along as I demonstrate pray reading this passage of Scripture, doing your best 
to see what I say while asking these two questions of God. What are you revealing? How should I respond? For me, in verse 3, I see the word baptism used in a special way. I'm mindful of my baptism in water as an outward expression of my faith in Christ, but here it means immersion in you, Lord Jesus, first in your death on the cross, but then also with you in the grave and resurrection, as stated in verse 4. Just as it says in part 2 of the prayer, through faith I join you both in death to sin and resurrection to life. Therefore, I'm united with you, Lord, to a new life set free to live right because I'm no longer bound by sin, as indicated in verses 5 and 6. Part 2 of the prayer closes by saying that all this is possible only when your gracious gift of forgiveness is received through faith. Dear Lord, what you are revealing to me in this passage is the wonder of your grace that makes it possible for me to be joined to you in resurrection and new life in Christ. Thank you. How then shall I respond? The answer is to walk in the way of life by faith and not in the way of sin and death. Lord, please give me the faith I need to walk in the power of your Spirit. Now reflect on this experience in Romans 6, 3 through 6, by responding to the following questions. With this passage in view, what is God revealing about himself and you? How does God want you to respond to what he has revealed in this passage? This ends my presentation of the Prayer of Commitment Part 2, but our journey with Jesus is just warming up. As we meet with the Lord personally each step of the way, we also need to connect personally with fellow disciples to share our experiences with God and to encourage, support, and pray for each other. Remember that the goals of the discipleship process are to experience spiritual intimacy with God and one another. Our assignment this week, which follows, is simply to practice what we're experiencing. Each day, read, recite, and reflect on parts one and two of the Prayer of Commitment. Take your own imaginary journey that leads you into the presence of God. Converse with God while prayerfully reading and reflecting on Romans 6, 3 through 6. And lastly, talk to at least one person this week about your experiences with the Lord.